0: Welcome to the Northern Collective Church. My name is Harrison Kwok, and I'm the pastor here. Thanks for tuning in online. And uh, if this is your first time joining us, welcome. Send us your your email. We'd love to connect. Uh, Leave your comments in the comment section below. Our mission is to know, love, and serve Jesus Christ while teaching all people to do the same. And our vision is to see thriving, gospel-centered churches in all Yukon communities by making disciples that make disciples. Please connect with us. I know it's a bit tricky here in the Yukon with some restrictions, but please reach out to us and we'll try to connect with you in any way we can, whether it's over the phone, uh, maybe in person if possible. Uh, You can reach out to us at info at northerncollective.church or anytime, send a message on Facebook or call me at uh, 333-9422. A couple announcements uh, as we continue here. There's a Wednesday evening Zoom prayer. And uh, 7 o'clock? 7.30. 7.30, 730 each Wednesday, uh, a group of people meet over Zoom. And it's been going on for a few years now. And uh, it's pretty encouraging to see the prayers answered and people gather together and pray for and with one another. So it's every Wednesday at 7.30. Again, uh, you can email, email us for the link. Um, and also another prayer meeting that's happening. Uh, this Saturday, uh, the 29th, 12 to 1 p.m. Yukon time, there's going to be a prayer gathering uh, for the Yukon and the Northwest Territories. And this is hosted by Mission Central. And Mission Mission Central was formerly uh, Mission Fest, and they had a conference in British Columbia. It was actually the largest missions conference in all of Canada. They'd have 10,000 people gather uh, over this weekend, and now it is Mission Central. And what they've planned for... Mission Central this year and for this online prayer conference is that each territory and province would be prayed for with people from those places and so on the 29th on Saturday between 12 to 1 p.m. the Yukon and the Northwest Territories will be prayed for there will be people from the Northwest Territories and from the Yukon and actually people from all around the world praying this is a free gathering and you can register at missioncentral.ca, missioncentral.ca. Look now, it should be on now. Sorry, just having some technical updates. Um, So if you go to missioncentral.ca, you can register for the prayer time, and actually, you can attend the entire conference if you want, and I will give you a free access code. I'll say it now twice, and you, should, you can also check out our Facebook page. It has information there. But if you go to missioncentral.ca, look for the link that says serve, and type in I-N-T-P-R-A-Y-E-R, free. So I-N-T, prayer, and free, all one word, and it will get you free access to the entire conference for that weekend. I'd love you to join us and pray for us. And now join me in praying as we continue together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your mercy and your grace and your love towards us. We pray that we would know your heart and that you would transform us to be more like your son, Jesus. We pray for the Yukon and those who are hurting and who have lost loved ones for several reasons. We pray particularly for those who have lost um, family and friends from overdose and pray for the communities who are less resourced and we pray for Christians there And we pray for people to know the hope and the healing that's found in the gospel alone. We pray for our government Territorially and at a federal level That you would give them a heart that knows you father that fears you and we ask that They would lower these restrictions that make it difficult for many people to meet, many families to meet, and for churches to meet as well. We pray for wisdom for church leaders around our country in navigating um, these laws that have been imposed. Father, as we open up the book of Ephesians in chapter 2, I pray that you would guide my heart in humility, that you would come with power. Uh, These wouldn't just be words that come in one ear and out the other but they would go straight to our heart and to our soul and it would be true and we'd rejoice over them and we would know you more deeply. And Father, for those who do not know you, this would be the first time they encounter you and they would put their faith in you alone. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We don't have to look far to see there are many divisions today. There are many divisions in relationships and families. In the media, it seems like everybody's an expert. Everybody's an expert in COVID. Everybody's an expert in mass, in the law. There's a lot of discussion about the charter and charter rights, and these are good discussions to be having. But these divisions are causing fights and anger and hostility toward one another. And this is not something new in churches. There have always been divisions. Since since the fall of mankind, when God created a good world, and there was Adam and Eve, Eve, and this was a good world that he created, with a good garden, and they walked with God, without shame, without division. But when they disobeyed God and ate from that fruit in the center of the garden, it cursed the world, And we're all fallen. And we look out for ourselves. We become selfish. And we want our own desires, our own ways. And there are many divisions today. And there will be until Christ returns. But when we look back to biblical times, we'll see a division that has no rival in history. It's between two people, two races. You had the Jewish people, And you had the Gentile people. The Jewish people were believed to be God's chosen covenant people. The special family that God has chosen to be very near to him. And they were given special laws that separated them to God. You had the Jewish people. On the other hand, you had the Gentiles. These were people who were non-Jewish people. So everyone who was not in this camp would be considered a Gentile. And you had these two races that were essentially considered opposites. There's nothing in history that compares to the hatred that they had towards one another, for this generational hostility they had toward one another. There's no historical racism, there are no religious enemies, no sporting rivalry, nor any national hatred or interpersonal conflict or family feud that compares to the division that the Jews and the Gentiles had toward one another. The Jewish people, they believed in biblical times and throughout ancient history that the Gentiles, they were created for the fuel for hell. That their bodies were created to fuel the fires of hell. It was illegal in Jewish law for a Jewish person to help a Gentile woman give birth. Because in so helping them, They would be welcoming another Gentile into the world. A dirty heathen. But Jesus Christ united both Jews and Gentiles together to be part of God's family. And what we're about to read in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22, speaks of this unity. The seemingly impossible unity and peace that has brought by that has been brought by Jesus Christ. And Paul is writing this letter to the church in Ephesus with many different races and ethnicities and backgrounds. And Paul is writing this from prison. And he writes to the Ephesians church, Ephesian Church, starting in verse eleven, chapter two. <clears throat> Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. and without hope. Paul's reminding them that you used to be outsiders. You were those people. You were different. You were other. You were an outsider. They called you, the Jewish people called you uncircumcised heathens. Now, the mark of circumcision was one of the the marks that showed you were part of God's special family. The Gentiles were not, were not circumcised. They were considered uncircumcised heathens. They didn't have that mark. And they were living apart from Christ. They're excluded from citizenship. They did not know the covenant promises without God, without hope. They were in the dark. Paul writes in verse 13 But now, but now, you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Jesus. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law With its commandments and regulations, he made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together, as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. Yes, the Gentiles were excluded from the promises of God, but they've been brought near by the blood of Christ, by the gospel of Jesus. Christ brought peace by breaking down, in what Paul says in verse 14, the wall of hostility. What is this wall of hostility? Well, there is this cultural wall, that they're very different from one another. The Jewish people... They followed these laws that God created, these 613 laws, including the Ten Commandments, that separated them from the rest of the world. They were separated by the way they dressed, by the way they spoke, by what they learned, by how they lived, by what they ate. They were completely different. The Gentiles lived their own way. They didn't follow these laws. They didn't dress a certain way. Jewish people considered them dogs, and so they were hostile towards their culture. They were racist towards their ethnicity. Those are hostile walls, but this is not what Paul is referring to. The wall of hostility is what makes someone a member of God's family. What laws and commandments and regulations must someone do to be part Of God's family. The Jewish people thought they kept all these laws perfectly. That the way they ate, that the way they spoke and what they read made them God's people. And the Gentile people have not done that for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. That membership requirement, these laws and regulations that the Gentiles cannot keep, has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He has broke down the wall of hostility. God, through Christ, has fulfilled all of these laws, all of these commandments, all of these regulations on behalf of the Gentiles. Christ fulfilled the law. He took the hostility. He took what was required of the law upon himself, which makes Gentiles and Jews, and all of us sinners. Christ took that upon himself on the cross, and in verse 16, Paul said, he put it to death. He took your sin and my sin. He took the sins of the Gentiles and of the Jewish people upon himself and crushed it and killed it and buried it in the ground and put it to death that the Gentiles can be accepted into full membership and family with God. This brings peace. Paul says this four times in Ephesians 2. Peace. This is the main theme of this passage. Peace. He says peace Mm -hmm. in verse 14 and 15 and twice in verse 17. If you know anyone by the name of Irene... That's where peace comes from. Peace in the Greek is Irene. E-I-R-E-N-E. Peace. The message of Jesus and what he's done. The gospel message is a proclamation of peace. Peace between God and one another. This is what brings true unity. Paul continues in verse 17. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who are far away from him. And peace to the Jews who are near. Now, all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Anyone can come to God. Anybody. This is what Paul is trying to teach us through the life of the Gentiles, who did nothing but reject the laws and commandments and regulations and live nothing like the Jewish people. Paul saying, they too are accepted into the family because of what Christ has done for us. Anyone can come to God, no matter our background, where we grew up, what color our skin is, how much money we make, how much we can read. Anyone can come to Christ and the gospel brings anyone near to God. If we believe, if we believe the gospel, the good news that Jesus has come to earth and lived a perfect life and died a sacrificial death on our behalf and was raised from the dead three days later to show that the power of sin and death could not hold him. By faith in that, we can have new life and we are brought near to God. He gives us a new spirit. He gives us his spirit, the Holy Spirit. And when we were formerly hostile to God, not wanting to do any of his laws and regulations and commandments, we did not want to please him or to thank him. The spirit changes everything we are. The gospel brings us near to God. And when we read throughout the Bible, we see that the greatest privilege that you and I can experience is to be near to God. And the greatest curse is to be banished from His presence. We need to be near to God. The greatest thing for husbands to do for their wives is to draw near to God. The greatest thing that our people need in the church is to draw near to God. We must draw near to Him, and He's given us access to Him. But in this world, we want to reject God. We want peace in this world, but we don't want it through Jesus Christ. We want different answers in different ways. But the the Bible is very clear that there is no way to peace without Jesus Christ. Do you know him? When we are in hostile relationships, do we draw near to Christ? What do we rely on? Our source of strength should come from the maker of all things through Jesus Christ. Because to be near to God is the greatest good and the ultimate accomplishment of Christ's work. Through the gospel. To be near to God, it is the greatest good that we can have, and it is the greatest accomplishment that Jesus Christ has done through the gospel. And Paul continues to write in verse 19. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens, along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family together. We are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Paul is saying to the Gentiles, You've been given a new status. You've been given a new identity. You've been given a new race. That's true of all of us who believe in Jesus. You have a new status, a new identity, and a new race, and it is of the family of God. We are no longer strangers and foreigners, but are citizens who have the full protection of a citizen In the kingdom of God's city. And whatever tensions existed between Jewish and Gentile believers in Ephesus or in the surrounding areas, they run contrary to the very nature of the gospel. If these kind of tensions exist in our lives, where we look down upon other Christians or other people, this is contrary to the gospel. Jewish believers had no grounds for rejecting Gentile believers or viewing them as outsiders to God's promises. Gentiles, they couldn't look down either on the Jews because the Jewish people, they were looked down upon in society. They were culturally rejected by most of society. We cannot and we must not reject people because of their race, their ethnicity, their economic status, the color of their hair, the kind of car they drive, if they drive. These things cannot divide Christians from one another. This is not to say that Christians do not have disagreements. Paul does say we are founded upon the teachings. This house is founded upon the teachings of the apostles and the prophets. There is a certain teaching... And we want to be biblical to what the apostles and prophets taught. And that is found in the Bible. We have to be passionate students, lifelong students of this book to know what is biblical and what is not. And we welcome all people to the table. Because according to the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, it says that believers from every tribe, from every tongue, and every language, and every people, and every nation will worship around God's throne. This beautiful picture that people who are white and black and yellow and purple and green will be worshiping God together. Worshiping the one God. And they won't say to one another, you're not doing it right. This is how we do it here. You go back over there. Every tongue, tribe, and nation, says Revelation 5, 9, will worship around God's throne. But often the church doesn't look like that on earth. We don't look like the church in heaven. And so we have to work hard not to contradict the gospel inadvertently. By maybe refusing to worship with people. Or fellowship with certain people. Or serve with certain people who look and speak or act differently than we do. Participation in Christ's church is offered to all nations. This is why the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, tells us to go into all nations... All nations. Because faith alone makes us children of God. There's no special quality of Canadians, or of Americans, or of the Jewish people that makes them more fit to be a believer of God over others. Why? Because our faith rests in Jesus Christ. Our faith rests in Jesus Christ alone and not ourselves. We do not rely on who we are, who our parents are, where we grew up, what we ate. Our faith is in Christ alone. And once somebody places their faith in Jesus, and maybe this is you this afternoon hearing this message, once you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you will become a full member of God's people. Whether you've been a Christian for 75 years or 7.5 seconds, you are equal because of the gospel. You are equal before God. The gospel unites all believers around the world together into one family on one temple, Paul says. He says that we're carefully joined together in him. Becoming a holy temple for the Lord. And when you build a temple for God, you want the best material. And God is saying, you are the building blocks for this temple. And the Jewish people might think, oh, you don't want those Gentiles. They're going to crack. They're going to break. They're actually quite dirty. God is saying, you two Gentiles are included in this building plan to become a holy temple for the Lord. And this idea of this temple It runs throughout the Bible. You have, throughout Genesis to Revelation, you had God's presence in the Garden of Eden. This is the first place we see God's presence. And then you have this tabernacle, which is this portable tent, this portable temple, where they would take the presence of God from place to place. They had Solomon's temple which was designed to look like the Garden of Eden. It was brought to Ezekiel's temple. Then it says in John chapter 1 verse 14 that Jesus Christ came to earth as the Son of God and it says he tabernacled amongst us, that he made his temple among us. And then in the last book of the Bible, Revelation, we see that the final temple is in heaven. But it is quite amazing here, though, in verse 21, where Paul says, We are carefully joined together, we, the Gentiles, and the Jewish people, and all people, you and I, are carefully joined together in Him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. What Paul is saying here is this indescribable privilege that says the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, dwells in you and in me by faith. We become God's temple. He is with us. And he calls us sons and daughters. And when we know this, when we live in the light of this truth, it should lead us to amazing joy, gratitude, confidence and a type of living that represents this amazing God because we are God's holy people God has united us through the gospel and any divisions that existed in our former state Christ has brought down that wall of hostility and we need to be reminded of that daily when we want to fight about this and that that we look to Christ as our peace and that we accept one another because Christ has accepted us. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would know the peace that Christ brings. And in this world that is divided over seemingly everything with the church, be that pocket of light and unity in the world. We pray that our unity in our churches would make a watching world very curious and they would want to know our God and the peace that he brings. Help us to be lights. Help us to be peacemakers and peacekeepers. For your glory and for our joy, we pray. Amen.